July 2006. It's a month, it's a year, it's kind of a day I'll never really forget ever. In the history of my life, I'll never forget this. In July 2006, I was working a construction job. And I was, um, what, I, what I was doing was I was at a house that was doing renovations. I was about to install blinds and shelves. And I uh, bent over. I was doing work. And y'all know, the summer in South Carolina is like the door. You're at the screen door of hell. And so you're already hot. And I bent over to pick up my drill and a saw. And as I went to go do that, I began to black out. My heart rate elevated to an unhealthy rate. And I don't really remember much else except the man that was living in the house at that time happened to be home. That's not a, that wasn't a normal occurrence in what I was doing in my life or in that job. And he was trained in medical attention. And because he was trained in medical attention, he knew exactly what to do to kind of help me calm down, get my breath back, get back a little bit of consciousness, and figure out what was going on. I took the rest of the day off, as you can imagine. So a few days later, I go to the doctor to get a checkup. And as I'm in the doctor for the checkup, they run some tests on me, and they look at me, and they make this statement. You have something majorly wrong with your heart. Your EKG is not, a, is not normal. In fact, it's incredibly abnormal. So you have two options. They were like, we'll allow you to drive yourself to the hospital, or you can hop in an ambulance, and we'll take you there yourself, whichever one you're more capable of. Do we have any mama's boys in the house? Come on, be proud of it in the room, right? Right here, mama's boy. I couldn't make the decision. So guess who I called? I called mama. And I asked her. I was 23 years old. I uh, wasn't living the best of lives. I had chosen not to live a life that was conducive to a relationship with God, and I did it on purpose. I didn't want anything to do with God in that season of my life, and I was walking away. In fact, the only thing that I wanted to do with God in that season of my life was I wanted to volunteer in a kid's ministry and hope that that was enough to get me into the gates of heaven. And the truth is, is during that moment, my mom made the decision, I go to the hospital, I'll save you a lot of the details, but 16 years almost to the day in, in, um, in July of this year, it'll be 16 years, I End up in ICU after about twelve uh, after a, a, a two surgeries, pacemaker put in, and now sixteen years later, I'm three pacemaker, three different pacemakers or computers in my heart in about twelve surgeries in, three times been told never should have woke up off the operating table, shouldn't be here today. It's a walking miracle. It's a moment, but at twenty three years old, you're not ready to embrace the fact that you have a heart problem that's going to limit the way you live your life the rest of your life. At 23 years old, you're supposed to be playing football and basketball and soccer, and you're supposed to be running around and able to do whatever you want to do, but I was faced with the reality that now I had limitations on my life that I'd never had in the history of my life, and I had no idea what was supposed to happen. Now, I began to ask the question, God, if you're so good, why do bad things happen? Why do I have to deal at 23 years old with the limitations that an 80-year-old has to deal with? No offense to anybody that's 80 in here, by the way. In fact, as I go to the doctor today that's in my life, the truth is, is that I'm consistently told you're the youngest patient we have. And I'm like, yes, I know that by now. We're 16 years in. I figured that out. No, we laugh about it and have a good talk. The truth is, is that we, it's okay to sometimes ask the questions because the truth is, is that I want to start today with the question, why do bad things happen? But in order to get to the answer to that question, I have to give you some bad news off the beginning. We'll get to the good news, but I got to give you some bad news. Are you good? Are you okay with some bad news today? Here's the bad news. Guys, life is going to happen. Life is going to happen, and it's not always going to be good, it's not always going to be great, and it's not always going to be enjoyable. In fact, life is going to happen, and sometimes it's going to be absolutely horrible. It's going to be terrible, it's going to be frustrating, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be 
just terrible at times. And you're going to wonder, how do I, I just got to get through today. If I can just get through today, and I want you to know life is going to happen. There's nothing you can do to change that. There's nothing you can do. There's not a greater way you can live. There's not more prayers you can pray. There's not more sacrifices you can make that would make those things not take place in your life. And anybody that tells you that that is the case is lying to you so that they can get a good reaction. It's life. It's going to happen. And the reason that that is going to happen is because we live in a fallen world with fallen people. We live in a place, in a world where things are going to happen. In fact, a lot of coaches say this phrase to their sports teams about life, and it's this. It's, life is 90% or 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. Life is only 10% what happens to you because the truth is every person under the sound of my voice today, every person that was at our 830, every person in Florence, every person online, every person that's going to listen to this podcast later this week, every person that sang those songs, every person that heard those songs for the first time, every person that's been in church for 80 years, every person that's now been in church for about eight minutes, the truth is, listen to me, we are all going to have life happen to us. And I wish to God I could get up here today with a straight face and go, 2022 is the year nothing bad happens to you. But if I told you that, it would be nothing more than a lie to get a hype reaction from you. Sure, you may shout me down more than you ever have in the history of my preaching, and you may worship harder next week, but it would all be based on a lie because that is not reality. It will happen. Hard things will happen. Bills are still due. Come on. Gas prices are still crazy. It just is what it is. But guess what? It's 90% how we react to it. What are we going to do? I've thought about that phrase as I was at 23 years old, sitting in ICU rooms, going through surgeries, having pacemakers implanted. As I go through each and every week, and the truth is, is every time that I go to the doctor and every time that I have another test and every time that they tell me my battery's running out and I got to have another surgery to replace this, or I, I'm in heart failure like five or six years ago, I was in heart failure and they had to fix something in my heart then. There is an anxiety that pops up that goes, what if this is the time? When you've been told, that you weren't supposed to make it three times. I don't know how many lives preachers get. I know cats get nine. But preachers, I don't know, but I've got to be somewhere in the middle of it. And every time there's an anxiety, and I've just got to get to a place where I go, this doesn't mean God hates me. It doesn't make God less of my father. It doesn't make God less of God. It doesn't make him bad. It doesn't make him mean. It makes this life. And we have to come to this place in the answering of this question. And in order to really understand bad or evil or answer the question, why do bad things happen? I have to first understand what bad is. I, I, I'm a visual guy. I tell you that all the time. I always have some kind of illustration. But the truth is, is like, this is, this is a shirt. Let's say that this shirt is good. Let's say it stands for good. This is great, right? Here's what bad is. Let me tell you what bad is. Bad is the same thing. As me doing this to a brand new shirt. Man, this shirt is good. It's comfy too, actually. I thought about wearing it, but I was like, nope, I like my Be the Chain shirt instead. And it's the same as me doing this. It's the same as me taking good, and now there's a hole in the good. A hole is what? It's a part that is missing from the product. If this is bad and this is good, 
then the absence of good is bad, but bad is the proof of good. You cannot, we all want good. We all want great. We all want nothing bad to ever happen again. But hear me, I can't have good without bad, but I can't have bad without good. One is the absence of the other. In fact, heaven, when it is described in Revelation to us, it is the absence of bad. So it is the proof that bad actually exists, but heaven is the place to where bad is absent because good is present. We live in a world where both exist at the exact same time because one cannot be without the other. You cannot have bad without good and good without bad because if we had good without bad, we would never really appreciate good. It becomes entitlement at that point. If I only got money and never had to budget it for bills, I'd take advantage of every dollar I had. Well, God will just give me more. I mean, I, well, it is what it is. Do you see where I'm going with this today? And, and so we got to get to this place. And everything that happens that is the absence of good is not always the punishment or judgment of God. Did you hear me? It's not sometimes you make it happen. Anybody in the room. We're jumping in today. Sometimes it's your fault. It's not God's fault. Sometimes it ain't even the devil's fault. The devil didn't get on there and make you pull up that website. The devil didn't make you look at that woman 17 times and stare at her butt while she was walking by you. Y'all leaving me all alone today. The devil didn't make you max out your credit cards. God didn't either. That was my decision. Why? Because when we were created, the Bible teaches us that we were created with the freedom of choice. And because we have the freedom of choice, evil exists. In fact, the Bible says it like this, that the enemy ro he roams around this earth, roaring like a lion, looking for those that are weak enough to devour. Sometimes we create the bad and we give the devil the credit for it. Devil just jumped on my back. Well, quit bending over when you stand up. Come on. The devil made me do it. No, he didn't. He's just watching you do it and smiling the whole time. The point of my whole thing is this. We live in a fallen world, y'all. We live in a fallen world. We're fallen people, and we have to first understand that we are not good if we're going to understand that he is. We got to understand that we are fallen, sinful. We are not. You, I know some of you are going to get mad at me at this, but you are not a born good person. Do you have to teach your kids how to lie? But you have to teach them how to tell the truth. You don't have to teach your kids how to take the toy from their friend. But you got to teach them how to give it to them. We are born with sinful instincts in our lives. And we learn how to do good things. We learn how to be good people, which are great things. But I've got to learn that I am, I am a sinful person and therefore bad things are going to happen. In fact, it's said like this in, in the Bible. It, it says in Romans chapter 8 that you need to suffer with me. It doesn't say you'll never suffer. It just says when you suffer, suffer with me. In Romans chapter 5, Jesus is teaching, or, or, or Paul is talking about Jesus. He says, rejoice in your suffering. He doesn't say rejoice because there is no suffering. He says rejoice in it. 
When you go through it, James chapter 1 says, consider it joy when you go through trials and tribulations. And Revelation chapter 21 says that when we get to heaven, he will wipe away every tear from our eye and the sadness will be gone. Why? Because until we get to heaven, tears and sadness will be a reality of life. It's going to happen. I know y'all are like, this is depressing today. No, we got good news coming in just a minute. But we have to first understand the world that we live in is full of this stuff. And here's why I love the fact that heaven is full of, nothing, of the absence of bad, that he will wipe away. Because this, you got to hear me, this is not your home. This is your vacation spot. This is your assignment. This ain't your house. This ain't your home. This ain't your long term. James teaches us that this life is a vapor. This life is but for a minute. This life is but for a second. Eternity is forever, but this life is but for a moment. And we have to enjoy. It is 90% how we react to this life that we're only passing through to begin with. Your eternal home is not earth. It is heaven. It is relationship with God. I get asked all the time, if God is a good God, why does he let bad things happen? Because we have to understand that God isn't good because of what he does or does not do. God is not good because of that. God is good because of who he is. God is good because of, uh, of his character. God is good because he loves us. God is good because of his sacrificial love and his selfless love. God is good because he looks at bad and he goes, I can take that. I want that. I want them. I want to be. God is good because he's good, not because he didn't come through on the prayers. The great theologian Garth Brooks said it so well. Sometimes I think God, do for what? You know what I love? Half of you said it and half of you sang it. It was incredible. Why? Because God's still good. Because what he does or does not do in my life doesn't matter. And I have to recognize in order to really know his goodness, I have to receive my not so goodness. My sinfulness. Here Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 says it like this. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not those that vote Democrat. Not those that vote Republican. Not those that have a lot of money. Not those that have a little bit of money. Not those that were raised in church. Not those that just started going to church. Not those that have been saved for 75 years. And not those that have been saved for seven and a half minutes. Hear me today. He doesn't say those are the ones that have sinned. He said every single person under the sound of my teeth. Teaching has fallen short of the glory of God. Why? We are sinful people. In fact, Romans also teaches us in the Bible that because of the sin of Adam and Eve, it now spread out to all mankind and we all fall short. That's where that whole thing comes from. We all miss the mark, y'all. It doesn't make you a terrible person. It just makes you in need of a Savior. In fact, what does he say in John, or Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20? He says it like this. There's not a man on earth who has never sinned other than Jesus. Not one person on earth has never walked this earth righteously and blamelessly without sin. The only one is Jesus. But the reality is I have to understand that I am not enough because he is enough. Because he sent his son, Jesus, to be enough, even though he knew that I was not enough. The first thing I have to understand about bad is I am the king of bad. 
That we are the kings and queens of bad. That we are not enough, but he is enough. Romans chapter 8 says we are adopted as sons and daughters. Adopted. Do you know what adoption is? It's the choice of someone. It's going, I want you to be in my life so badly, I will choose to make room for you in my family. We are adopted as sons and daughters, even though we fall short of the glory of God. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Why? Because he's enough. You're not enough, I'm not enough, because we gotta, get, we gotta know this, because if we don't know this, we'll become entitled to the good, because we are God. When we become the only blameless, perfect person that deserves all good in the earth, we are our own God, and now we have no need for a God, because we are it. And the truth is, we are not. You are not God, I am not God. There is a God that loves us and wants relationship with us and empowers us through his spirit and has redeemed us through his son, but we are not him. And he gives us uh, opportunity. And one of the things that we have to understand about bad, too, is everything that bad happens, everything that we think is bad that happens to us isn't always bad. It's not that big of a deal. Sometimes we just make a really big deal about really small things. Now, let me back up for a second. There are really bad things that happen to us that we need to mourn, we need counseling through. We need help through. I'm not diminishing any of that, but sometimes we just freak out about things that really aren't that bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh my gosh, they didn't put whipped cream on my coffee again this morning. It's whipped cream on coffee, and you paid $6 for it anyway. That should be the bigger thing. But some of the things that are bad that happen to us are actually good to other people. Right now, what's bad that's happening that I hear everybody talking about, gas prices are sky high. People in Africa would just love to have a vehicle. Y'all are leaving me all alone today. Man, I got to go to the grocery store after church today. I don't want to go in there and fight that crowd. And I don't want to spend that money. Inflation has hit that area, and I don't want to spend that money. I don't want to do that. And I'm telling you, people in Kenya would love to have the food that you threw off your plate last night. Come on, somebody. It's bad to us, but perspective helps us put it into a bigger picture to go, maybe it's not quite as big as I think it is, right? I don't want to get up and go to church, man. I'm tired. I partied too hard last night, or I watched too much baseball last night, or I did this. I stayed, I don't want to get up, and I don't want, how dare they ask me to serve today? Da, da, da. People in China would love the option to go to church freely. Are you following the logic? here. Maybe everything that we think is terrible isn't quite as terrible. So what do we do when we do experience, because we do experience bad things in our lives. It's going to happen. So what do we do in those moments? I want to, I want to give you a scripture in Matthew chapter 13, verses 26 through 40, or 30, excuse me. I'm going to read this, or 24 through 30. I'm going to read this today, and I'm going to give you a quick thing and two quick points, and we're going to get out of here and go live this thing out. But verse Matthew chapter 13, 24 through 30 says this, Jesus presented another parable to them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. Let me say it like this. You're living a good life. You're doing your best. You're doing everything that the pastor tells you to do and the bite, like you're trying your hardest, right? And then it says this, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprouted and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. Think of wheat and think of weeds. They're all growing at the same time. The slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, 
Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. The slave said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no. For while you are gathering up the tares, you may uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them up, but gather the wheat into my barn. Here's, he's talking about a picture of judgment day. And what it's going to look like when we come before Christ. But I want to take it and go, this is what it looks like to go, I'm going to learn from everything in my life. I'm going to let the wheat, the good, and I'm going to let the tares, the bad, grow together. And they will grow together as long as we're in this earth. But when it comes time that those, that harvest is over and things are taking place and all that, I'm going to go, this I can learn from, this I cannot. I'm going to throw this over here because it's no good to me. I'm going to keep this over here because I can learn from it. I don't need arrogance, but I need self-confidence. Are you with me today? Come on. I don't need to think that I am God, but I need to realize he is God. They take out the good, throw it away. I say it like this in leadership. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. Eat what's good for you. Learn what's good for you. Learn what it looks like to be good because sometimes you can do everything right and bad things will still take place. Why? Because we're in a fallen world and we're fallen people and God is still good. And it's going to take, it take place. It's going to happen. So here's what we do when life doesn't seem fair. The first point is this. There's always pain, always pain in, or always purpose in your pain. Always purpose in your pain. First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7 says this. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. I don't know about y'all. I don't like hearing that I should be happy when I'm going through various trials. That doesn't sound very enjoyable, right? It sounds terrible. Why would anybody rejoice? Well, verse 7 tells us why. So that, that means the previous verse has to happen in order for the next verse to happen. So that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, than anything you have, anything you buy, anything you possess, anything you think, any of these things, the most precious thing you can have is your faith which is perishable even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He goes, take rejoice. In other words, be joyful in various trials because your faith is being refined in order that it will rejoice and glorify God in the end of it all. He goes, that's why. Let, let me stop for a second. Joy is a mentality. Joy is a choice. Happy is a feeling. Joy is a choice. Joy is the choice to go, I will be okay in this. Joy is the choice to go, I will smile through the pain. Joy is the choice to go, um, no matter come what may, I will still trust God. Jo rejoice. He's not saying you should smile and be happy and like jump for joy and like every morning be like, yes, bad things are happening. Woohoo! No, what he's been saying is, is take an internal posture to go, God, you're doing something in me. You're refining me and you're making me holy. You're making me righteous. You're, with, you're, you're creating this stance between me and you to where we are together in this thing. And though it is not fun, my faith still rests on you. That's what he's saying right there. He says, because the proof of your faith being more precious than gold. Let me give you this thought. To, to drive this home. God doesn't always cause the pain, but he will always use it. 
God doesn't always cause the pain. Can I caution you not to put God's name on something you know that you don't know if he caused? God didn't always cause it. Why did God let this person die? We don't know God did. Why did God do this? We don't know God did. The truth is, he may not have caused it, but he will use it. Are you with me today? He will use it every single time, and he will take that pain, because pain usually equals growth. And if I'm with, I, here's what I'll tell you. I know this from personal experience. You will always grow to the threshold of the pain that you can withstand. Whenever I get to a place where the pain of whatever I'm going through in life is too much for me, I stop growing. Now I stop, start surviving instead of thriving. I don't want to change. I, I, don't, I don't want to believe that. I don't want to think that. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through that. That's fine. You don't have to. I'm just telling you, you will always grow to the threshold of your pain. And your pain tolerance will rise the more that you go through. Pain can equal growth. Are you with me today? In, 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 in my lesson, with my pacemaker stuff, I go back to this doctor all the time. And here's what people don't know. It's not always easy. Sometimes it's really hard. In fact, if I'm really transparent with you, I barely made it through services last week. There's a reason I wasn't in the lobby. The reason was I couldn't hardly breathe because my heart rate was messed up the entire, the entire day. In fact, what people don't know is I had to miss meetings this week because my heart rate was messed up this week. And I couldn't hardly focus. When I stumbled over words last week, the reason is is because when I get like that, my mind gets cloudy. And I couldn't think straight. It's not always easy. Why, God? I'm building a church, God. I'm preaching every week, God. I sing those songs all the time. I invest in everybody else, God. Why, God? I may never get those answers until I see him, but he's still God. And I can rest on the thought of Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 where he says, All things, I will work all things together for the good of those who love you. I know whenever I went through my first example of our first time of a surgery and pacemaker implant and I'm sitting in my living room and I can't lift my arm above my head and I'm going through and I'm struggling at 23 years old. Why in the world am I now going through limitations? And a pastor looks at me and reads that verse to me and I literally in my mind was like, I don't want to hear that crap right now. Sorry if that was offensive to you, but it is what it is. I don't want to, I don't want to believe that because it's hard in the moment to believe it, isn't it? When frustration and difficulty is facing you. See, here's the thing. Faith is holding on to something even though you can't see it. I would venture to say that in the next seven days that every single person under the sound of my voice right now in this room or online, you're going to drive over a bridge this week. And here's what I know you're not going to do whenever you get to that bridge. You're not going to get out of your car and walk down to the base of those cement structures. You're not going to see how far down into the ground you are. they are. You're not going to see how bolted they are to each piece. You're not going to see how sturdy the concrete is. You're not going to look at any of that. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to hit the accelerator and you're going to continue driving over that bridge. And if you're unlucky, you will get stopped on top of the bridge. And if you're really unlucky, you'll actually feel the bridge move a little bit. Because there's give in the bridge. I don't know if you know that, but there has to be give in the bridge. It's engineering. It's creepy. If you've never felt it, stop on a bridge and then get freaked out. But what you're not going to do is you're not going to go and find the creator and look at the creator and be like, did you create this bridge the way that it needs to be so that I can drive over this thing? Because I will not drive over it until I get your approval. And that's faith. Welcome to faith. 
Faith is going, you know what, God, I know that you created this life, and this life may seem tough, but I got a bridge I got to drive over, and I got to get over right now, and this bridge is called the loss of a loved one, and this bridge is called frustration, and this bridge is called difficulty, and this bridge is called hurt, and this bridge is called skepticism, and this bridge is called pain, And but God, you created the foundation, and because you created the foundation, I will trust that you created it just well enough that my, me and my life can drive over this bridge and be okay on the other side, even though I don't see it right now. Come on, somebody. That is faith. So even when I don't see all things working together for my good, I can trust all things work together for my good. And the second one, so he will use uh, purpose. There's purpose in our pain. And the second one that I'm ending, ending on is this. God is always present in our pain. He's always present in our pain. In fact, Psalm chapter 46 and verse 1 says this, God is our refuge and our strength. Refuge, he's a place that we can run to and find shelter in our strength. He is all the strength we need when we have nothing to give. When I don't have the strength to pray, the Bible teaches me that Jesus is interceding for me. When I don't have the strength to push through another day, Prosperity, which the Greek word for that is he puts his hand behind us and pushes us further than we could go ourselves. It's not all about money. See, he goes, I'm your refuge, I'm your place you can go to, and I'm your strength. And he says this, I am a very present help in trouble. I'm not a spectator. God goes, I'm not a spectator. I'm not just going to watch you struggle. I'm not just going to watch you cry. I'm not just going to watch you go through difficulty. In fact, I want to be a very active participant in your trouble. Does that mean that everything's going to get right just like that? No. That's called fairy tale that Hollywood has fed to us. But it does mean that I don't have to do this thing alone. I don't have to walk this thing alone. And here's why. Here's a thought for you. God is really all we need. Can I tell you, like, there's moments people will walk out of your life. Friends come and friends go. Family comes, family go. People come, people go. Why? We're fallen people. That's the nature of life. Don't get mad about it. It's just like, don't, don't shield yourself from it. It's the way that life goes. And if you're lucky enough, you find people that are called to you and will do life with you for the rest of your life. But here's what I'm here to tell you. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6 brings this whole thought of God never leaving us home. And it says this, be strong and be courageous. And do not be afraid and do not tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. God is all we need. He's the one that goes with us. They won't understand. When I was in ICU for days, nobody could come back there and see me. It was me. And God, and that's all I had. And when you get to that place, you learn real quick. You can get better or you can get bitter, but you won't get both. You learn real quick that God's all I need. God can get me through this. Even if he doesn't get through it, get me through it the way that I think he should, he's still going to get me through it. We're going to do this thing. God will walk with you. And then he says he will not fail you or leave you nor forsake you. Hear me. God wants to walk it out with us. And what I love about it is this. I don't have to walk this life alone, but I can choose to. And if I walk it without God, it's because I chose to. 
Because he's a very present help in time of need. He's a very active father whenever I need refuge and strength. He's a very active God whenever I allow him to walk with me. I don't have to do it alone. I can get supernatural comfort from my father. I can go to God for everything I need, but I get to choose it. And here's why. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says it like this. My grace is sufficient for you. Not social media, not friends, not anything. My grace. Grace is not getting what you deserve. We deserve hell, but we get the opportunity of heaven. We deserve never being redeemed again, but we get the opportunity of redemption and forgiveness. Are you with me today? He says, my grace, my grace, not their grace, not their grace. In other words, he's saying it like this, build your life on me. Build your life on me. Here's why. Life happens. We started with bad things. We started with bad news. Now it's time for the good news. Life will happen, but we don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. You don't have to. If you want to, you can choose to. I don't know how people get through life without God. I don't know how people get through difficulty without Christ. I don't know how people make decisions without the Holy Spirit telling them what to do. I really don't. I can't figure it out. Because I've built everything on the Savior and on the Father that says, I don't want to leave you anyway. And hear me. I am no less my son's father when he's in trouble or when he's not. I'm still his father. I love him even whenever he's mad at me and sad about something. And even when he's not. And it's the same thing with God. And so here's what I know today. There's some of you today that have struggled with this question and you've gone through this thing. And here's what I want you to know is that you don't have to do it alone. You can choose to start or walk in a relationship with Jesus and it can start today. It's not about perfection. You don't have to get it right. In fact, every question doesn't have to be answered. It's called a relationship on purpose. You learn more every single day that you walk with him. And some of you just need some comfort today. You need something in your life to go, God is here and present. And maybe today was that for you. And I just would love nothing more than to pray with you because here's what I want you to know. You are not here on accident. Every single one of us is here because God knew that we would be here and we needed to hear this message today to build our faith so that when things come, we know who to turn to. So if you would, just bow your heads with me for a moment. I just want to pray. Nothing crazy. I'm honored you're here. I'm honored that I got to speak a little bit of Bible truth to you today. We got a really, really special surprise for you next week. You're going to want to be here. It's going to be great. But today, I just want to pray with you. And after I say amen, as you're sitting there and you're thinking and contemplating, as, you say, as I say amen, there's going to come on the screen a QR code. And it's a Bible reading plan that talks about what we talked about today. So that we can get the word in us every day of the week and build our faith. So if you're in the room and you'd go, hey man, I want to choose to start walking with God. I want to choose a relationship with Jesus. I heard about a God today that loves me where I am, won't leave me there, and wants to walk with me. I want a relationship with that Father through Jesus today.
that's you. Would you just do me a favor? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to put you on the screen. I'm not going to call you up. But I would love to pray with you. Would you just hold your hand up right where you are and just say, hey, right here. I just want to start a relationship with Jesus today. I choose that. Yeah. Now there's people in this room that are hurting. You've wondered. And I'm not going to be able to take the hurt away. But I can help us understand who to go to in the midst of it. Let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are our Father and you love us no matter what. And God, difficulty will come because we live in this life. And things will seem unfair and they will seem forgotten and they will seem frustrating. But God, you're still God. And so, Lord, there are people in this room today that are hurting from, the, from a tragedy, hurting from a difficulty in their life, hurting from something that they cannot comprehend or understand. And God, I pray that your spirit just begins to give comfort because you are a very, very present help in time of need. You are an active father in time of trouble. And God, I pray that today we'd walk out of here and we'd be able to live out what you're teaching us. We'd not just hear a message, but we'd live the word. Because God... Thank you for your love in the middle of difficulty. It doesn't change you, and it doesn't change Jesus. It just helps us lean on you more. God, we love you. And as we go through difficulty, we want to lean on that love and that faith no matter what we're going through. Father, we love you. We honor you. We give you all that we have in your name. Amen.